more or less of anything. He did it. Got it like it like I needed it to be, and it went on ever since. Mm. On my own, that right there, Corey, in front of my guy, in front of the other Corey. Turn it, uh, turn it on, the mic. Just hit the button up. You know what I'm saying? We always, what's going down and all of that. So it's that spirit. Boy. That's it. Let me see here. Well, if we get to uh, talking stuff, I got I to gotta use the bathroom. Don't worry about it. You're good. Oh, okay. You're good. All right. You're in good hands with Allstate. They be killing me with that live shit. <laughs> yeah, yo, yo. What? That's just torture, man. Yo, 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 yo. Corey making me yo, yo, yo. Shit. <laughs> I, I don't see. I don't like the live. I tell I you, have, what, man. Because I, I, I don't. Uh, I, well, wouldn't I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind live this. Yeah, but I'm. You know, I had to do like some live news segments, man. Yeah, that's. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't do that for a. Do lady. y'all want the headphones? Or y'all cool with that? That's the only reason why I put them out. I think it made me look cooler. Okay. Let me listen. Hear what it sounds like. Talk to me and let me know if you can hear yourself. Testing, testing. Yep. You, you see, hear yourself? Mm-hmm. You want it high or you want it low? Uh, no, that's good. Okay. If I was rapping, check, though. Check, 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 yeah, check, man. check. Hear yourself? Check, check. Yep, yep. Cool, a little higher or lower? A little higher. Talk to me. Keep yeah, going. that's good. That's good right there. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know what, man? I might need that a little bit lower. You can get it. You can get it how you want. Scared yourself. What about now? Lower. Yeah, that's good. All right. So just do me a favor. When y'all talking, just try to stay as close as you can. You know what I'm saying? Because if you get to the point that you rather just hold it, you can hold it and do your thing like that, too. Okay. That's cool. Straight over there, bro. Yes, sir. Get my mix on one time. Yeah, I got to give, give me a chance to get it funky in here. There we go. I had to get it. 
Yes, Lord. That's it. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yo, what up, 33? Tell me something good. Everybody you know, they tell me life don't come with no menu. So we're going to take it a day at a time. Man, by the time you got here, man, light your cigar, do whatever you got to do. Get comfortable so we can get this game going. Oh, shit, what do you need to come out? Man, just hold your man, man. That's all you got to do. Play some defense. Man, too late, man. Domino, game. Again, I'd like to thank y'all for tuning into the Good Days, Great Nights podcast. Of course, I tell y'all all the time, it's going to be a special. Anytime I get to sit down and break bread with my people, it's always a good time. Um, if you know me uh, in the cigar world, they call me 33. Some people call me Cool Breeze Al. Uh, Erison or Alicia's daddy or father, depending on what demographic you're in. Your auntie's favorite podcast host and your uncle's favorite nephew. You're now tuning into the Good Days, Great Nights podcast. Uh, this is special, man. It's the day after my birthday. So I got blessed with this one. So 37 years. I want to thank everybody that's ever been a part of my life in any kind of way. Whether long season, short season, or whatever, you just made it better. And you helped me to get it here. So uh, forever in debt in that part. So you know my rule of thumb. Come on, this thing, we never introduce a person because we want to base it off of something different. A lot of times people know you because you was, you was maybe in the county or the city in St. Louis, or you might have been out in California making popcorn commercials. Might have been on the news a couple times, you know what I'm saying? PBS might have been, you know what I'm saying, did some things with BET, looking forward to doing some things, Netflix and some other things. So they base that off of how they know you. They don't really know you, but they base it off of that. So we do it a little different here. We do it in the segue of music. So uh, we'll start with you first. Since you're my closest one. If you were uh, to go somewhere, what city, state, or country would you want to go to right now? <clears throat> Man. I know, right? Um, it don't no. have to be that deep. Yeah, yeah, because I'm thinking, yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go deep, deep. Where you want to go? Um, I'm had to say Mongolia. Mongolia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, because I've traveled. I've been to 52 countries. Okay. I mean, I've been in a lot of cities, a lot of states. So, I got to go somewhere where, I've been to Mongolia before. But, so, you uh, want to take us to the experience? Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so we we got to fly in on on the private one. We definitely got to fly into Mongolia. Okay, so we're gonna fly in. <laughs> yeah, we jump on the Sprinter. Yeah, it's me, you, another person to my to to, to my right, your double right. So we'll get there in a minute, right? Uh-huh. And she'll turn the drive because you've been there before. Yeah. So you got to get us to to the resort, or are we just staying with the people. We we in the mix. We gonna spend the first day in Ulaanbaatar, and then we are gonna go out to the countryside. Okay. 
<laughs> Your turn to drive. Yeah. I don't know you. Other other six people in the car don't know you. What's five songs today that would describe you as a person? Mm. Now these are these are current songs, or you can take it however any, you want to do it. It, okay. it can be current. Okay. It can be back in the day. It can be whatever. Just five songs. All right. I think I'm gonna have to go with <clears throat> uh, Denise Williams. Okay. Silly. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna have to come with some uh, some BGs, some staying alive. Okay, Denise Williams. Okay. Yep. Um, then I'm gonna have to go Motown. It's it's hard for me to pick between all my Motowns. You know what I mean? But okay, you want the greatest hits? Yeah, basically. Okay, you Motown know. greatest hits. Okay, we can yep, out, that'll make it. Yep. Okay. And then let me see. Uh, I'm gonna have to get some Jackson in there. Jackson Five. Michael Jackson. Yeah. It's Mike Bison. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking Ben. You ever heard Ben? I don't know if I have. Yeah. See, that's that's one a lot of people ain't know Mike made. Ben. Yep, Ben. Okay. B E N. Okay. Um, and then shoot. One more. Yeah. Let me. You know. Let me. Let me go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna give you some uh, Mr. Lucci. You know, Mr. Lucci. Is. I know Mr. Lucci. <laughs> that detail move. I, yeah. I, I know where you at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Slab is, is the song. <laughs> what Mr. you know about Slab? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come back in my high school days. Okay, yeah. okay. So, uh, Mr. Lucci, is that like? Can you give me a reason behind it? Yeah, well, you, you just said it back to your high school days. You know, what I mean, I was um, a senior in high school in Oklahoma. Yeah, I moved there my senior year from here, and um, I went to a, a concert at Oklahoma University. Okay, and uh, I don't even know who was supposed to perform, but these dudes came up from. Texas to open, yeah, and they wasn't supposed to be cursing and stuff Let in, the, in the student union. You know what I'm saying? But they was letting it all out, <laughs> and so the uh, the university staff was running in there trying to shut everything down, and they got the crowd so hyped. Then you know some people started fighting, and the whole show ended. Yeah, and they put everybody out, and then when everybody was coming out, these guys was already uh, in the front of the, the student union. Handing out their CDs. They knew what time it was. Yeah. Okay, so then it's Mike Jack Ben. Tell me yeah. a little bit about that. Like, why? why, why oh, man. So, there's a movie called Ben. Okay. And they they um, they commissioned Mike to do the theme song. For All right. And, man, it's just a it's a cold song, man. Gotcha. It's cold. It's about friendship. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's deep. And this is when Mike was young. I believe he was about 10, 12 years old. When he sang Ben. That's fire. Yeah, but it's cold. It's cold. And a lot of people don't know he sang that song. Okay. We 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 already know Motown Greatest Hits, so we ain't going to worry about that. Yeah. We already know that. Yeah, that's my dad and everybody. Yeah. yeah. So then BG staying alive. That's my, you know, that's my theme song. Yeah. Whether I'm, you know, whether I'm partying or, you know, I'm being goofy, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, yeah. that's my fun song, you know, staying alive. That's that's all. That's also my motto. Okay. Right? It's in my DNA. <laughs> That's why I eat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Denise Williams. Oh, yeah. So, Denise Williams, that reminds me of my mother. You know what I'm saying? I respect that. She was a Denise Williams fan. So, uh, okay. yeah, I'm all about Denise. So, do me a favor, man. Introduce yourself. Tell, tell my people a little bit about you. My name is Khalid Abdul-Qadir. 
I was born in Wichita, Kansas. Moved to Kansas City when I was two years old. And then I've been here on and off ever since. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? You want, you want, to, give, you want to give me a little, little bio? Oh, well, okay. Just give me a little. Uh, I went to three high schools. Okay. So I went to high school in St. Louis um, in Eureka. So I was in the desegregation program, which, you know, they bust inner city kids out to the suburb. Uh, they called it good school, but okay. as my dad would say, they were trading, uh, you know, physical trauma for psychological trauma, wow. and he was uh, absolutely right about that. Uh, then I came out here. To, I moved back to Kansas City. My junior year, I went to Ruskin. Okay, shout out to my Eagles out there. <laughs> and then, um, and then from there, I moved to Norman, Oklahoma. I went to Norman High School, and then after that, I joined the military. Okay, yeah. Okay, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I appreciate you for coming on. Yeah. All right, we're going to pan over double rights. We're going to see what we got going on. Good, sir. Right? How you doing? How you doing? We, we already out the country. <laughs> we, 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 it's morning time. It's countryside. He's going to navigate us. He's going to tell us how to get there. It's your turn. Driving. Five songs. What you got? Oh, okay. Uh, a couple of them on my current playlist right now. Come on. Uh, Joyner Lucas. Uh, All right. Ramen and OJ. Okay. I've been bumping that one almost Tell me a little every bit day about for it. like three weeks, man. Tell me about it. Why you like it so much? Uh, it's just it's just a song where, you know, he ain't ever going back to them hard times. You know what I'm saying? Back to, back to just living off ramen and OJ. So, you know, I was never the type to live off ramen and OJ. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Stuff like that. But... Um, you know, electricity going out, never going back, came too far, worked too hard. So that's dope. Okay. You know what I'm saying, no doubt. And another one uh-huh. that you know, I've been I've been messing with Joiner for a few weeks now, but um, but it's called "Shoot My Shot," and it's actually off the the new Space Jam soundtrack. Now I know okay. everybody got their yeah. opinions on this new Space Jam, but, yeah. But that track off off the uh, off the soundtrack, man, and it's just about you know, you know, he's gonna shoot a shot, and and he says you can try, but you're never taking me alive. So right. Uh, we all got goals, and and you know I'm never gonna stop until I get there. And if I don't, well, I'm just gonna die trying. In the words, Fifty Cent, you know. Let's go. Let's go. I think the third one, a local artist here, Suli Four Q, is called Life's a Casino. Okay. And uh, man, I've been ever since I first heard that song. Man, it's really it's really resonated with me. Man. You know, talking about just you know. Put, place your bets on me, man, and I ain't going to let you down. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. And, and that goes to everybody who loves me out there, you know. Okay. I like, I like, I like this list so far. We good. We, we got some grooves, okay? Yeah, yeah. Two more. Two more. Um, another artist um, that we represent and we help out manage, they're called the Youngins, and they have a song called Fall Back. And, and basically, it, it's, just, it's just saying, like, man, even if it seems like I fell off and even if you haven't heard from me a while, you know, I'm still here and I'm still grinding. So, um, that was an artist that that was introduced to me from Khalid, and when I first heard it, I was just like, "Man, I got to produce a video for that." I okay. don't care, man. You know, just because I like the track and I got to do a video for it. That's so, what's up. That's what's up. And uh, um, and then the last one is just, you know, it's called "Under the Bridge." It, you know, my dad introduced me to the song "Red Hot Chili Peppers." Yeah. Under the bridge, you know, it. You know, they expressed their love for L.A. in that song, and I got love for L.A. too. I was, I lived out there for six years, so okay. every time I hear it, it takes me back. You know what I'm saying? So. 
No doubt, no doubt. Do me a favor, introduce yourself. My name's Corey McCartney. Everybody um, around here probably knows me as Teron Matt. That's a stage name. My middle name is Teron. So, um, actor, I'm a producer, production manager. And, uh, yeah, man, been living in Kansas City since 2017. Been making movies, proof of concepts, trailers, short films, music videos. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And engaging the community as best we can using our talents. So. That's what's up, man. I appreciate y'all for coming through, man. Yeah. Blessing us to sit down and talk to us. So I'm, uh, I'm big on mental. I'm big on your mental. Uh, 24 hours in a day. What does that look like? What's a 24-hour day look like for you? Uh, <clears throat> well, first, you know, you got to, um, if you ain't eating off your dreams yet, you know what I'm saying, and you eating off what you got to do, right? Eating off your dreams, huh? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I ain't quite uh, made it to the point where I can't eat off my dreams yet. So okay. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm working at J-O-B. Okay. So, yeah, you know, wake up in the morning, you know, I, I get my kids ready for school, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, um, get to the job, and then as soon as the job is over, yeah, I'm, I'm 1,000% yeah. at the mission. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get off at 3.30, and at 3.29, like, already I'm already gone. Yeah, I'm gone. I got my computer open. I'm writing a movie script. I'm making a phone call. I'm sending an email. I'm plotting. I'm planning. I'm doing sit-ups. I, sh- I should probably do more sit-ups. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we but, all should. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm going towards the mission. Okay. Yeah. So after that, after searching for the mission, right? Oh, yeah. Then I got to get back. What's the what's what's hour of peace look like for you? Honestly, man, so I, I got... I got a separate piece. There's a old, there's a novel called A Separate Piece that I I read in uh, high school, which is a, it's a horrendous novel. It was well written, but yeah. the concept of it is, is really horrendous. But I like to use the title of it, uh, A Separate Piece. Okay. So I got two pieces. You know what I mean? If I will, uh, when I'm, you know, when I'm exercising my passion, that's peaceful to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but obviously, when I'm with my family. That's, you know, that's peace as well. You know what I mean? Um, when I'm doing my thing, I'm pursuing my passion, I'm working on my craft. You know, I'm primarily a writer and director as far as this movie thing goes. Uh, it's therapeutic for me. It's you know? Yeah, writing is a very solitary uh, activity. Yes, sir. And um, so it kind of does two things in one for me. is It allows me to express myself and put my ideas out there. It allows me to explore things within myself that I may not, uh, uh, you know, be ready or interested in talking to other people. And then, obviously, you know, when I'm with my family, you know, got my kids, that's that's what it is. It's party time. Fun day. Yeah. That's the goal? (laughs) Yeah. Is that because of, like, how you seen your dad or is that just because... What was that? It's like what makes you the fun that want to be? The yeah, no, nah, you 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 hitting nails on heads. Yeah, you know, my dad was he was steady, mm-hmm. strict, but he had a sense of humor. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, just going through some of the things that everybody goes through in life, I know how hard it is, 
And I make sure, you know, my kids understand that. And when we have an opportunity to enjoy ourselves, I make sure that we, we take that opportunity to do that. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Corey, what's up? 24 hours, man. 24 hours in a day. You know, lately, and it just depends on the year and the time of year, you know what I'm saying? But okay. lately, man, it's just been a lot of tabs open. You know, wake up in a day and there's – there's 14 things to get done, and it's a matter of prioritizing. So, you know, like he said, I got a, I got a job, and, you know, I'm good at it, but it requires me to be present, be in the room, um, see a lot of different people. I'm in sales. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, I try to multitask as best as possible. I try to take every call, no matter if it's for the job or if it's for film or if it's somebody wanting to, uh, you know, do something with music, try to take every call and respond to everything. So I spend the whole day just making calls. Gotcha. Dropping in on people, meeting with people, calling people back, emailing people back for various different little things that I got going on. Um, and then, you know, I tell everybody, man, the work really doesn't stop. And, you know what I'm saying? Especially the, depending on the call, it don't matter if I'm family or not, man. I got to take it sometimes. Got to take it. But you know, you know, I got a son, man. You know, I got to teach him how to ride a bike. Still trying to teach him how to score a soccer goal. That's trying dope. to teach him how to catch a football. So you got to make time for that. Um, you know, got to cook the chicken. We've been saying that lately, man. Got to get out the there, get on that grill, man. You know, I had to cook before I came here today. You know, what I'm saying, make sure everybody's good. That's dope. That's you know dope. What I mean, <laughs> so yeah, man. You know, that's and then. You know, at night, man, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to, to watch more TV. I haven't seen a lot of things. I'm trying to educate myself every day as a filmmaker. And, you know, so I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to see what people are up to, man, on the screen and see how what we can do, what we can take away for our films. And, and um, yeah, yeah, man, that, you know, getting it in with the wife, you know what I mean? That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> we got a thing we say. Uh, I've seen a meme one time. And it was like, uh, it was called Make the Chili. Okay. And uh, it was crazy you said, like, me and my guy, we real big on, like, energy. You know, energy good, it's good. So, in the, in, the, in the meme, it was more or less talking about, like, how a lot of times people want you to do things with them. And you always, like, I don't want to do that or I don't, I'm too busy. And the lady was telling the other lady, like, hey, just make the chili. It don't matter. And she was like, well, I don't want to make the chili because I want to go do this. I want to go do that. I want to go here. I want to go there when I get there, you know. And in the end, some things happened. And it's like, if you would have just made the chili because you had it, had another memory with the person. So I think from what I'm hearing, y'all sound like some dope dads first. So that's how you get your blessings. You see what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, as a father, being there is everything. You see what I'm saying? We, we, uh, we are associated to money. We're associated to the newest shoe, the newest game, the new everything, right? But when you sit back and you think about your dad or male figures in your life, like it was just really a lot of times it was just riding with them. You see what I'm saying? Just those car rides, just those simple come outside, let me see you shoot the ball type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's going to be forever there. But it'll be a time that might multiplication to kick his butt. And you'd be like, I got that. Then there'd be a time where you'd be like, hey, man, hold on, let me call my homeboy because I don't really know how to do these these formulas. 
<laughs> and it ties it together, though. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've been real big on telling my friends we as men need to do stuff together. Like, if we can hang out, we should better hang out with kids. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? So sure. I, yeah. I think that's a big thing. Um, when you look at your life and where it's at now, do you think you're doing your kids a service or a disservice with showing them how to dream? What would you say you're doing? You know, that's a that's a good question, man, because it's kind of like it's like a situation where you got a tray with water in it. Right. Yeah. Talk to me. If the tray start leaning towards the right and you try to correct it, then your water is going to go towards the left and you in the same situation you was when it was going towards the right. I like it. I like it. And so. You know, I think a lot of times that becomes the uh, scenario as we go from, you know, father to son to grandchildren to great-grandchildren is that everybody tries to, you know, make that correction that they feel like they got slanted on from their parents. And then, you know, I just think, you know, we just end up kind of going too far to the edge and spilling over a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that that's also – Something that's, uh, you know, I, I think that's in our DNA, you know what I mean? And I, I think that that's what makes us human, and that's what gives us these dynamic qualities and stuff like that. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I would say, I would say you're always doing, <clears throat> now this is, this is obviously saying if you are actually parenting your children. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there got to be some kind of baseline like you feed them and you you know right right, right. so uh i think we're always uh doing a service and a disservice simultaneously gotcha what you think yeah man i mean you know <clears throat> i grew up with a father that went to work every day and right. that was the most important thing so you know showing the kids how to dream and how to and how to go after it you know what i'm saying i think that's the way to go you know, sometimes I wish I would have started my film drink, filmmaking journey earlier. Right. Right? But, right, right. but at the same time, my kid wouldn't even have been born yet. So he wouldn't ever, ever see me going through it. By the time, you know, he turns 16, six, you know, 10 years from now, maybe he'll have some fond memories of when I was going through it and seeing me make it. You know what I'm saying? In that journey. Whereas if I would have started in my teens or something like that, he wouldn't even have ever seen what it took. Because he would have been, he wouldn't have been born yet, and then by the time he's born, well, I already made it to this level of success, so he didn't actually see what it took to get there. So, you know, trying to keep those things in mind, you know. I think that's live. I think that's live. Man, that's some good answers right there. It's a good good way of thinking. Definitely with the trays, and definitely you want them to go through it with you, so they'll, they'll appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, just like I make sure I pay the bills. All right, mm-hmm. so. Drip Ultra Pure Water, my guy David Jordan, Entrepreneur of the Year. Good water. He got uh, got something going here. So he's been taking care of us. Um, also, we at the Pure Hookah Lounge, 3419 Main Street. Had a couple panels, so we, we back in the building. Came back, they show, us, they show us love all the time, every time we come. Refreshing water. I'm trying to tell you. When y'all, when y'all come in, make sure you say good days, great nights. When you see them at the counter, who knows, they might have a good hookah for you or something. 
I'm trying to work me a little flavor. They don't know yet, but I'm gonna try to see if they put me one on the on the list. Oh, okay. If they put it in duct tape or something, just stick it on the menu. <laughs> yeah, it'll make it sort of be one you know that we can say that I play with when I come in. I'm saying so. I'm trying to find it, right? Because I'm really a cigar guy. Is it gonna be barbecue flavor? No, nah, I don't really do barbecue <laughs> like that. I'm, I'm, I like it, yeah. but I, but I'm me. If it had been me, it'd have been some some macaroni and cheese, oh, flavor okay. or something, you know, <laughs> sweet potato pie, cheesecake or something. Uh-huh. Uh, just came back from out of town. So it might have been turkey leg or something. Oh, okay, yeah, hey, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, something yeah, like I that. I can do that. So when I when I when uh when we look at life, man, and we're going through everything that we're going through and everything that we're seeing, man. The goal, uh, a lot of times, is to uh, be the best person that we can be um, along the way. I think we lose sight of like our dreams. Um, when you think about your dreams. Is this something that you knew you always wanted to do? Or is this something that, like, kind of just kind of came back over and over again? Maybe you was watching TV. Maybe you was looking at – because I got certain – one of my homeboys, matter of fact, the one behind the camera, he told me when he grew up, he grew up watching the basketball games, looking at the guy on the baseline. Mm. He didn't – he watched the sports, but he was like, man, I want his job. Mm. So certain people had it, that niche and that grown. So, like, what do you think it is, like – I mean, with me, man, you know, it's always been there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've always had bigger dreams about being involved with film. Yeah. Music, entertainment. You know what I mean? And some talent shows and stuff when I was a kid. Right, right, right. right. Good job. Yeah. But, you know, um, I've always enjoyed bringing people together. And it's it's been something that um, I look for naturally, you know, and ways to start getting people to communicate um, in my own personal life, you know. So, you know, when it came to film and talking to Khalid about it, um, he was, I was like, man, what do you need me to do? You know what I mean? Okay. Because I know what I can do. I know what I'm good at. And he was like, man, just be synergy. That's what he said. I was like, shit, man. If that's it. Then that's what you got, man, because that's, <laughs> that's what I be trying to do anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to get all my family to communicate with each other and, Trying to get my friends to blend with each other, try to every, get everybody to kick it, host parties, host events. That's what's up. You know what I mean? So a lot of the stuff translates into film production and getting people together. Okay. You know? Yeah. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. You mentioned a relationship. You mentioned, mentioned the missus. Yeah. That's, that's, that's dope, man. Married as well? Yeah. Okay. How many years? I don't want to put y'all on the spot. So well, I forgot. We got married in 2013. How many, how many years is that? Enough. We've been dating since 2002, though, so we coming up on 20 years. That's what's up. Yeah. So in that, how has that been with your spouse, like, pushing you <laughs> to your dream? Where you been? Where you been? <laughs> one band, one sound? Well, you know, it, it started off adversarial for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just because in the beginning, it's like, oh, okay, this dude finna get into something else and be, you know, whatever. But once she started to see us... Um, Producing things that made sense, you know. Then she was like, "Oh, he, you know, he's actually doing something." So right, right, right. let me let let me let him do that. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was it was adversarial for me in the beginning. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> being honest. <laughs> uh, with me, man, it's it's. She hasn't said it, but it almost seems like she's been waiting on me to, you know, to go after something that's larger than what I was doing. You know. Yeah. She's always been there, and I, you know, 
And I wasn't doing shit early on for a while. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. She waited around. So <laughs> now when I'm going after this, she it was a surprising level of excitement. So she's been supportive. Um, yeah, I mean, not nowhere near adversarial. You know what I'm saying? She'll have some questions that we need to answer. And I've had her, you know, we got her involved in, in business-wise, too, yeah. with the nonprofits and all that. So, yeah, man, it's almost like she's like, man, you know, like I've been waiting on you to do something with your talent. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Like, but, but, see, <laughs> but it has to be a dope feeling, though. Yeah. From, from uh, excuse me, <clears throat> for a husband to see his wife be like, hey, this your dream. Go get your gold. That's dope. Yeah. So I think sometimes you wonder, does she see the dream? Does she not see the dream? Does they see, like, where where I'm trying to go? Do they understand the vision? So the buy-in has to be crazy. So once the buy-in's crazy, then you kind of, I don't care if y'all tell me no because she's telling me yes every day. That's right. Right. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So once you get that yes from home, and uh, it was funny, man. We was uh, sitting around smoking cigars this weekend. And one of my guys said he had to ask for permission, you know, to do stuff, right? And then one of the young ladies was sitting there. She said, I don't know about, I don't say permission. Say you was asking for her blessing or I'm asking for his blessing, not a permission thing. Because it sounds like you got to be controlled. But when you get your spouse's blessing, I think it makes it a difference. Yeah. It makes you be able to run the world fearless. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No doubt. I agree. Yeah, I, I, um, I think what made my wife finally buy into it was when I incorporated my kids into the game. Talk your talk. So, you know, me and the kids, we done sat down. We we read an entire book. We read um, the uh, the annotated African American folk tales yeah. by, by uh, uh, my man um, Henry Louis Gates. And uh, so every every night we would read one of those folk tales, you know what I'm saying? And then once we read the whole book, the kids was like, we should make a movie. And I was like, yeah, we should. Let's do that. And we had a dry erase board on the wall. We got that mapping out characters. We wrote the whole story. And, and we went from, you know, the book to the concept to the script to a whole film production. And, and we shot a short film. And so once she saw that, you know, then she was able to uh, really get supportive, really get behind it, because she could really see the value in it now as I'm always involving my kids with what I do. You know what I mean? That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. All right, so tell me a little bit, like, what all have we done? What all have you done, both of you guys, in 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 the last couple of productions and some things you got coming down the line, things you're thinking about, things you want to do? The plan, what you can say, hold uh, the hold the, uh, the face cards close, but you know what you can give me, <laughs> give me, give me a little bit. We got a, uh, so we we got we got two documentaries that we're working on. Okay, uh, one of them is big. Just well, they're it. they're both big. They're yeah. both big. Yeah, they're both pretty. Big. One of them is big, and that's all we say about that one. Okay. The other one <laughs> is uh, with uh, Lynette Woodard. Okay. Lynette Woodard is. A giant of a human being, man. She is... What they call a a hidden figure. Yes. Yes. Lynette Woodard is the all-time leading scorer in the history of college basketball for women. Right? And she set that record before the NCAA included women's standings, you know, in their stats. Um, She's also the first 
female player to play on a men's professional basketball team. Okay. She was the first female Harlem Globetrotter. And when she, you know, had transcended the sport before there was a professional realm for her to go into, she went on to become a stockbroker in New York, making $200,000 a year. Then the WNBA comes around and, you know, she, so to speak, comes out of retirement. But it wasn't really no retirement because it wasn't no professional league for her to, for her to retire out of. Uh, and she's, you know, making two hundred grand in, in uh, New York, but making 35000 playing in the WNBA in the first few years of the league's history. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, so she's she on the Liberties. This is back. This is when it first came. Yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's a... Uh, you know, a ceiling breaker, you know what I'm saying? A skywalker, a cloud kicker, you know what I'm saying? All of them them uh, terms. She, uh, she also played in the Olympics. She played in the um, 1980 Olympics. Okay. Um, when the U.S. boycotted the Olympics because Afghan- or the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, mm-hmm. which is kind of relevant to today. Um, and then... She, they played in the tournament games, and then they once they earned their right through the tournament to play in the Olympic games, no then they withdrew. They just wanted to let them know that, you know. We can do this. We can do this, yeah. And then she came back in the 84 Olympics uh, and won a gold medal. So, yeah, we're doing a documentary uh, with Lynette Woodard. How yeah. long? How, long, how much longer we got till we get to put our eyes on it? Probably, probably a year, I'd say. About a year? About a year, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, Aside from that, we um, we have a film project that we've been working on um, for a while. We we just shot a trailer for it, and what was that? Back in uh, late October. Yeah. Okay. Last year. Last year. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's like this experimental, like community uh, engagement film project. So we yeah. we use film as a way to engage the community. And basically what it does is um, we use the idea of being in a film or for an artist being able to contribute music or what, what have right, you right, right. to a film as an incentive to bring all these different people to the table. Gotcha. And then when they come to the table, you know, inevitably they meet each other, they build relationships, and then they carry those relationships out into the real world. And it has a real world positive impact, and so we um we actually had uh, two individuals that we worked with um, a couple of weeks after we released one of our projects. They came across each other on the street. They had an altercation, drew firearms. You know, it was about to be the usual story. Yeah, but then they recognized each other from the project. Which right. its purpose was was to introduce people to each other. People get to know each other. Yeah, and that's what ended up squashing the whole situation. It's building bridges right there. Yeah, and so uh, you know, the Kansas City Star wrote an article about it. You know, asking Kansas City will they support a project that can reduce gun violence? The city hasn't responded. But um, but aside from that, we uh, we also we did a uh, another experimental project with KCPD where yeah. You know, we got uh, members of the African-American community together with the police department. Uh, We started working on that back in April of 2019. Right. 
And then we filmed it and released it in January of 2020. And we basically, in the video, the video title is Disarmed. And because um, the whole idea was that for everybody to put their weapons down long enough for you to talk to each other. Right. Which is what happened in that real life situation. That's real. That's real. Yeah. And so we, you know, in the view, it's, it's like a short musical. And um, in the video, the 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 scenario basically is that there's a riot happening, you know, and the police show up and the African-American community show up. And then a member of the African-American community steps out and starts to rap. He speaks from the point of view and perspective of the community. And then uh, a police officer steps to the center and he does the same. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we pull that off. You know, I took command of um, 35 police officers, including 16 members of the SWAT team, real officers. The SWAT team were fully loaded. They had rounds in chamber, and they could have been called at any moment to leave the set to go do what they what their job is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Corey and I walked into the, you know, the police station back in April of the year prior, 2019, you know, that's what we told the police that we wanted them to do. We wanted to, we wanted to see if, we wanted to see if they would do it. Yeah, yeah of course. That's first. That's yeah. first. Yeah, let's see if y'all do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then we did some other things. Um, yeah. Skin well, Deep. Yeah, we did Skin Deep. Um, huh? That was, um, it was a similar, it's a similar track. It tells the, it tells the story of a, of a, <clears throat> A black dude, essentially, and in the, in the in the video, he dies from high profile gun violence by a police officer. Yes, and then in the second verse, it it tells the story of a black police officer who dies from high profile gun violence from a dude he pulls over. Uh, the track was uh, was written by Suli Four Q. Um, the video was written and directed by Suli and Petey McGee. So, um, and that's actually. It's won some awards. It won at NDX Film Fest out in L.A. Um, it's going to be shown at KC Underground Film Fest here in a couple of weeks at okay, uh, okay. Charlotte Street. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, and that, that one had an impact, you know, and it was so real and it was so raw as far as the lyrics and Petey's performance that, you know, YouTube actually banned us from promoting it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> while we were in the middle of the promotion of the video. Yeah. It still ended up... You know, getting a couple hundred thousand views, and there was a clip out there that got over a million views. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, man, you know, it's raw and it's real, and it shows a lot of real footage from the protests. Gotcha. You know, um, but yeah, man, you know, essentially, you know, the same dude wakes up twice. He wakes up as a dude getting shot by gotcha. the cops, and then he wakes up a second time. He's a cop shooting mm-hmm. somebody. But, it, you know, the, the, the message is, is the same, man. It's just like we get nowhere by pulling out the guns. Gotcha. You know, it, it literally gets us nowhere as a community, as a city, yeah. especially here in Kansas City where it feels big but it is small. You know, it's something that tells a story of how we should be coming together to, be, to, to, to not necessarily go against other cities but to rival them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's I think it's important that we be somewhere, we be something that people can come to mm-hmm. and want to run to. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal is all everybody kind of puts it on their shoulders on their back when you step out here into this limelight. You want to you want to put the city in a good place. 
Right. You want to make the city something where, yeah, barbecue's cool. No offense, don't don't beat me up for this. I'm not a. I'm a. I root for the Chiefs, but I grew up. <laughs> I grew up a Cowboys fan as a kid. You know, Emmy Smith, Deion yeah. Sanders, Moose. But I do clap when they go and playoffs, Royals, all of that. But you want people to be known for other things yeah. in here. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing for us as men, the black men, is to put that, turn that narrative yeah. to that. So Absolutely. With, with what you guys are doing, how is it, I heard you say non-profits and stuff like that, what are some things that, like, you think what we're going to do for the kids or, like, young cats that maybe want to write films and things like that or things that y'all have done, like, Something like that. Well, we, we've been developing a program that we call Face KC Academy. Okay. So our, our nonprofit organization is called Face KC. Face KC. Yep. Okay. And it's uh, and basically, you know, look at KC, right? Yeah. Face it, right? Um, it stands for Filmmakers, Artists, and Creatives for Empowerment. Okay. And so, I like that. Uh, yeah. So we have, uh, we're developing this thing called uh, Face KC Academy. And the purpose of it is threefold, really. The primary uh, objective is to have an impact on um, underprivileged, underserved, and uh, and a focus on uh, inner city youth. Yeah. Uh, the second goal is to take those uh, who we primary tar- primarily targeting and um, teach them. Filmmaking techniques, utilizing equipment and things that they have available to them at home. No doubt. Yep. And so, uh, and then the third side of that is to also teach them or familiarize them with uh, professional grade equipment as well. Um, you know, under the uh, the goal of providing these kids with a skill set that they may be able to, you know, earn a living with. Right. And considering the day and age that we live in with the TikToks and the Instagrams Mm -hmm. and everything like that, right? Digital, creating digital media. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you, bro. Yep. Creating digital media is a real um, opportunity uh, for these kids. You know, kids drive um, the TikTok industry. They drive the Instagram industry. Young young people do. And so uh, giving these kids the tools and understanding that they are able to create high-quality uh, output. I think we can, uh, you know, have an impact, you know, economically, also psychologically as well. You know what I mean? You know that, no doubt, no doubt. Man, I, man, listen, I I just got to take that. I got it, but I really don't know how to get down. <laughs> yeah, Instagram. I'm trying to learn this whole algorithm and Space Jam. You know, he was he was he was algae. That's what they. You know, so we give it to it. So. I'm kind of learning it, man, but it's cool to see the technology be what it is. I had one of my guests on before, a young lady named Jazz. She did her whole first project on her phone and a MacBook and a small keypad, and that was it. That's how she did her first EP, like her first album. Yeah. They're so talented with, with everything they have. Limited resources. Man, listen, my son just turned three. FaceTime. I press the red button to stop it, green button to start it. If I go here on YouTube and I don't want to see this commercial, I can skip it. Mm-hmm. If I want to watch this and you call, I know how to <laughs> in your call so you don't interrupt what I got going on. 
So I think that's cool, man, and I think it's dope what you're doing. And like I said, to back up, to make them face what they have going on. Yeah. My my question uh, to you, to both of you guys, is stereotypes. We hear a lot of you know people judge people mm-hmm. on different things. What is one stereotype as a man or as a black person, like black human being, that you've heard in the in your in your life that you want to no longer be that? That you feel like you have to prove wrong or have proved wrong? A stereotype. Yeah. That's a deep question for me. It's, it's deep for me too, man, just because, you know, I'm two races. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of a lot of biracial folks will tell you, man, you're just never black enough for black folks and you're just never white enough for white folks. Yeah, that's one, though. That's a, that is. That's a stereotype. Okay. I'm real tired of that just because, <laughs> you know, I mean, even my own family, man, you know, my sister a couple of weeks ago was like, man, you just too white sometimes because yeah. I, I didn't laugh at her little TikTok video she showed me. Yeah. Dang. You know. But it don't have, it, I mean, I guess one thing with that too, though, bro, it doesn't have a color. Right. And, I, and, I, and when you go into that part of it, I do feel like sometimes people feel like you have to be super, super this or super, super that. You just blessed to be here, bro. Two people sat down, fell in love, liked each other long enough to bring you into the world. You dig what I'm saying? Right. So I think that stereotype drives me crazy. Like we play the light skin, dark skin jokes and all of that, but at the same time, sometimes you're like, bro, I don't want to hear that. Like because you still, at the end of the day, you might, you might not be black enough, but go outside and get pulled over. Mm-hmm. You'll be black enough. Black enough. Yeah, I've definitely experienced you, see what I'm you know that several see what I'm times. Yeah. And so that that part of it is what bothers me. So when I ask those questions, man, it's just because I want to understand, like, I want people to understand some of the stuff that we're doing and we say, and we worry about the wrong things. Mm. That's as they, the new hashtag now is normalizing. So how about, how about we normalize that just because I went to a good school or just because I put my kids in a good environment, it doesn't make me wrong. Yes, true, I would love for my kids to grow up in the inner city, and it'd be like it was when we were kids. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from originally from Wyandotte County. When I grew up, I grew up off 1131 Wood. We started off in Sunflower Apartments, um, concrete floors, housing. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Later on, 1131 Wood. You can, you can go down any part of the street, anywhere you want to go, and everybody knew everybody, and it was cool. But nowadays, you can't do that. You can do it, but you do it at your own risk. Mm-hmm. So you find people saying, hey, I'm going to pack my bags, and I'm going to go. Piper, North Kansas City, Lee Summit, Overland yep. Park, Gladstone. Like, I'm going to move around. It's nothing wrong with that. But I think we have to figure out how to take the city back and make people be more accountable. Yeah. Because some of the dopest times in my summers was people knocking on the door, like, come outside and play. and Or getting on the bike, taking your basketball. You got a five-speed, hitting it through the frame so it stay there, right? Mm-hmm. Taking off riding. Right. And you and four others pull up to somebody else's neighborhood and y'all want to hoop. And the goal was, we're going to represent for this part, and they represent for this part. A jug of water, and it was cool. You see what I'm saying? But I think now it's different. You see what I'm saying? So people are like, that's one of the ones that kind of messed me up. Like, so what you put your kid in an academy that doesn't take away the fact that he still has to live his life? And with us all being there, they're going to label him as a black man. Yeah. They're going to put him in a category that he has to every day defend himself. 
Mm-hmm. So I, they, you know, that, that's one of the ones that kind of throw me off. Right. So we almost there. We almost there. Books. I'm big on like I like reading. Um, big on movies. Big on music. You can give one book, one book right now in the day for somebody to read. What would you give them? I would give them the uh, Decolonization of African Literature by Chen Wizu. Tell me why. I read that book and it seemed like the book is like 320 something pages. And it seemed like every sentence was like splitting my head in half, man. It was like getting hit with an axe continuously through the whole book. Gotcha, gotcha. The way this dude um, break down uh, the psychology uh, and how it's impacted literature, which leads into things like film and music and so on and so forth. Uh, reading that book is really what opened my mind up to understanding um, how I was limiting myself creatively gotcha. to uh, uh, a set of conditions or reality or parameters that has to do with my relationship with, a, with another group of people. And uh, one of the things he talks about is uh, he, he talks about the imagination as like an endless uh, ocean, right? Gotcha. Um, and well, the space for your imagination is, is an endless ocean, and your imagination in that space is like a vessel. Okay, come on. And, and when you when you base your reality yeah. right off of your relationship with someone else or another people, what you do in that vast, endless space in which your vessel is, you anchor it down somewhere. You know what I mean? Come on, come on, yeah. And if uh, if the the counterpart to your psyche is itself an anchor, something that you believe doesn't move, it's rigid, it never understands you, it doesn't do that, it doesn't do that. as long as you stay connected to it, tethered to it, you yourself will also never be free. Okay. And so he talks about being able to, like, cut that anchor, break that tether, and, like, explore a reality that consists of your interaction with the ultimate reality, which is, you know, God, nature, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so that's, that's the, you know, the approach that I've taken to uh, filmmaking. Cool. Cool. What you got for me? Uh, <clears throat> first one that comes to mind is, is from a, a dude who's known in the, in a community for leadership. His name is John Maxwell. It's called yeah. the 21 irrefutable laws of yeah. leadership. There yeah. you go. So, you know, there's a quote from from John Maxwell that says, "People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care." And you know, once once I internalized that a few years ago, um, you know, things started working out for me. I started getting the job. I started getting the next meeting. I started getting the sale. That's dope. You know, what I'm saying keeping those things in mind. Plus, it exposed me to educate me about a world, especially the corporate world and in business that, you know, learning about the 80-20 rule, you know what I mean? How 80% of your business will come from 20% of the people that you're meeting with, you know? And then 80% of the people that you're meeting with is going to make up the rest of the 20, yeah. you know? That's cool. That's so cool. So how to recognize those differences. And, That's cool. And, and, and you know, just keeping it going, man, and, and trying to pass that information along. 
um, and and just really caring about folks and starting with the person that you're talking to and not necessarily the goal that you're trying to accomplish. No doubt. Got a question. A legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? When it's all said and done. I mean, you know, first thing that comes to mind, man, is, is, is bringing more film production to Kansas City. Yeah. Because it, that's the dream. It's the dream to work in film production on a, on a level that that funds my lifestyle that I'm used to, you know, and, and it's not, a, it's not, th- it's not something that I want to happen anywhere else. You know, my family's here, my mom's down the street, my dad's down in St. Louis. That's cool. So, you know, being a big producer in Hollywood, I mean, we're family men, man, and we got to be around. So, you know, when you see people like, you know, Tech and Travis, yeah, and how they built something in Kansas City, and they didn't have to leave to go do it. That's dope. You know that is an inspiration for somebody like Khalid and I. Yeah, in a different industry, but wanting to build something here to where we don't have to leave, and we can continue to to you know be that tide that lifts all boats. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's cool. What you got? Uh, legacy. You know, I'm I'm a writer. You know what I mean. So, Come on. so for me, I think what every writer wants is uh, I think the reason why writers write is because of what they want, and they're looking for an opportunity to express themselves in the freest and truest way that they can. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, as certain people like. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, um, Benazir Bhutto, you know what I mean? Uh, these people, they lived and they, you know, they lived in excellence and they they died in excellence, you know what I'm saying? And um, and there's a level of, uh, of purity in that, you know, to be able to really express... And really let people know who and what you are. Yes, sir. And and I think you know, for me, you know, that's that's what I strive for, you know. And um, whether it's with my family or friends or whoever, or the, the greater community or the world, whatever. Yeah, right. I'd like people to be like, I know exactly who he was. Gotcha. That's cool. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Got something we do before we get up out of here. It's a called emergency contacts. Of course, life happens, COVID, other different things. Um, not making it home one day, right? Uh, ask this question. There's no right or wrong answer, but it's a question. Emergency contact. Something was to happen. I'm pretty sure I know you're first answer, but who's the first person you call something was to happen? <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's actually it's going to be a toss up between Corey and, and my brother Muhammad. Okay. Yeah. So you know Muhammad, you know, you can look this dude up on YouTube. If you want, <laughs> but that's my older brother, and um, you know I know between the two of them, if something happened, and I need something to get taken care of. Yeah. I know that I can reach out in either direction uh, with those two, and. Um, It'll get done. All three of y'all in the car. Something happens. Yeah. Who do you call in? 
Oh. I'm about to call my Uncle Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so my aunt's husband, his name is Bruce. Bruce Moore. Shout out to Bruce Moore. Uh, Bruce Moore is, um, he's been like a, a pillar in my life. After my mom died, um, you know, I went to live with my aunt, my mom's mm-hmm. sister, and then her husband, you know, he always been a real stand-up dude. You know, he's a, he retired a master sergeant in the Army and a captain on the police force. So when I say that this dude is like, you know, I don't want to say square in the sense of like what we we call a square in the old, I, I guess that's an older term now. Yeah. But square isn't like a lame. But I mean like he's square like he on his square. He on point. Come on, that's you it. You know what I'm saying? Bruce is on point. He always has been on point. And he shall remain on point. And, and he really uh, gave me the understanding of what being on point was about. And I could tell a story about when I went to Ruskin and he was already at work because he, he go to work at 4.30 in the morning. And I get up, I go to school. Before I walk out the door, my aunt say, you ain't going to iron that shirt? I'm like, you know what I mean? I walk to school. I'm in class and stuff. And um, uh, so he worked that night. Uh, so he he came home. I see where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Marsha, my my aunt's name is Marsha. She wrote a note for him. And she was like, you know, Khalid went to school with a wrinkled shirt on. So I get it's a call over the intercom, like, hey, Khalid, come to the office. I'm like, what? So I'm walking down the hallway trying to, I'm sifting through everything I done done. I'm like, anybody see that? I ain't done nothing wrong. <laughs> and I get to the office. I, I see Bruce in there in the, in the windows. And I'm like, oh, I think something happened to my aunt. I came running. I'm like, what, what happened? You know? He like, yeah, we finna go home and get that shirt right. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> he drove me home. Uh, he he stood there. He didn't sit down. He stood up and watched me iron my shirt. And then I once I ironed it, I put it back on. I thought he gonna drive me back to school. He was like, now go ahead and get back to school. And I had to walk back to school. And the shirt went down. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, yeah. Bruce would be the guy, I would call. All right. What you got? What you calling? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Khalid and Muhammad, I'm close to both of them. But, uh, yeah, all three of us in the car. You know, I got a homie. I got some homies, you know. I got some homies in town, man. I got some cousins. It just depends on the situation and what's answer. going on, man. Good answer, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. It just depends on yeah, what's going on. I need somebody to babysit or, you know, are we getting shot at. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? <laughs> yeah, it's just very. So the reason why I ask is a lot of people say they wife first or they husband or they mom or they daddy. We are, we, we in a, we in a place now where we use technology for everything. Yeah. If this get hacked and my phone get hacked, I don't. It's, I don't really know a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. The old days, my mom in the mirror. You go in the kitchen on the baseboard. It was numbers wrote on the wall, mm. or you had to remember when you got a girl number at the skating rink and you want to keep it. You had to write it down and remember the numbers. I challenge everybody to remember the numbers, just in case. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's good advice. And, and, and having more than one or two people, you're going through a season. You're going through a season right now where you're dreaming. 
Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if you had five people you can call right now mm. that would both give would give both of you guys a hundred thousand apiece with no question? Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? But I think at the same time we don't have those kind of people because we don't surround ourselves with those kind of people. Right. We're so busy worried about fitting in, mm-hmm. being black enough, being cool enough that we don't step out of our comfort zone to meet the right people for those times. Right. It's people you call right now, you say, can I get 20? When I'm getting back. <laughs> right. You dig know what I'm saying? Yeah. You call and say, hey, I need this. And they're like, hey, but, but when I'm getting back, mm. we have to surround ourselves with people that will love us in spite of. You mm-hmm. dig know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, been a great, 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 great interview, man. I thank y'all so much. Yeah. Y'all could give me your handles uh, to the camera. Where they can look you up at, look at what y'all doing, websites, everything. All right, well, you know, we got websites. We got we got our production company, so that's agakc.com, agakc.com, and then the nonprofit's website, which is facekc, facekc.org, facekc.org. Um, personal Instagram handle is Teron Mac, Teron underscore Mac, M-A-C, I'm about to spell my name because anybody finna find me nowhere. So like Khalid, like the singer with the box. Oh yeah, the location. The box, Khalid, yeah. yeah. Uh, same spelling, not not Khalid, Khalid, you know DJ Khalid, but Khalid underscore. Then my last name Abdul Kadir, A B D U L Q A A D I R. You'll see a picture of me in front of the African Union in Ethiopia. This was up. Yeah. Okay. You can Google us, man. You can, you can hey, Google, Google it. Listen, you, know listen, you can Google it. us. What's, so what's next? What's the What's the first thing we got coming up here real soon? Uh, well, aside from those uh, documentaries, uh, I'm about to re-explore. Um, so I, I wrote my I wrote my life story. Yeah, uh, I wrote a I wrote a, a manuscript. Also converted into a screenplay. That's what ended up placing at BT. And oh. so. Um, so I just got picked up uh, by UCLA in a, um, a professional screenwriters course where they're going to, you know, we're going to revisit that script no doubt. Uh, at a higher level because that's always been a project that I've been trying to get produced. That's dope. You know what I mean? So the best of luck to both of y'all. Yeah. Got a rule of thumb. Never goodbye. I always see you later. Hey, God, be your seatbelt. Uh, it would be your direction in this thing called life or vice versa. Uh, until we meet again, see you soon. Be cool. Be safe, yeah. All right, Thank you. Tell the truth, nothing but the truth.
tell it like it really is. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Uncomfortable conversations are needed for growth and closure. Be real with it.